0: supposedly yeah anyway so as we get started today who has a prayer request praise report who wants to complain I just want to see if I get y'all I was just gonna you know I was gonna pull the rug out from my oh what's Andrea yeah did y'all see the cross out front some of y'all are like no go look at it it's only a hundred feet I don't know. I don't know how tall it is. I just made that up. (laughs) Is it? 40 feet? You think it's 40 feet? Golly. No, yeah, I had no idea. Like perception of size and things, my brain doesn't quite. Yeah, so those big? So the cross, and we will, and we want to thank so much, he's not in here, but Richard Bainey. But before Richard Bainey got a hold of it, um, Jeff Clark has been babysitting it for quite a while. He built it. Richard raised it up yesterday. It was quite an endeavor, so we're thankful for that. Yes. You know what? I just realized that is the day it is. Patriot Day, as we know it, right? right? September the 11th. Everybody knows where they were at, right? Who else? Who else has a prayer request or praise report? As we... This, that yes. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. things that have happened in my life that my children are not in my life as much as they used to be. And and I've asked the Lord to bring them home. Yeah. And uh I believe there's a lot of people that are missing family. Um ones they know that they've had they've had a relationship and a loving, caring relationship before and it's been separated or it's been pulled apart. But I just felt this overwhelming about the product and when you're going to look up one day over it, if you're looking for the horizon, that person's going to come over that hill at the right time. And I'm just that's my prayer replay. God, I need to see them coming over that hill. But Lord, I'm asking them today. Yes, that's good. We always have to know that the Spirit of the Father is has a spirit of reconciliation. The spirit of recon that's what the church has, is what's it called? The ministry of reconciliation reconciliation is bringing estranged parties together so when we wonder is reconciliation the will of the Lord it's our ministry yes yes absolutely anybody else yes right hey those seeds sometimes lay in dormant and next thing you know you meet them ten years later and they're like thank you I'm in the kingdom now I've seen that so many times yes you're traveling mercy yes that's good 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 that's great That's good let's pray Lord, we thank you we thank you God that you hear and answer prayer I pray Lord God this morning That you would move and minister in families God I pray father for reconciliation I pray Lord God that your spirit would move Lord God and that you would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and turn the hearts of the children to the fathers God in the in the disobedient God turn their heart to the wisdom of the just We pray, Lord God, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would be poured out and that you would capture the hearts of men, women, and children, Lord, and that you would draw us into that place of holy communion with you, Lord. Let us know who we are, God. Let us know the time in which we stand on this earth, God, and let us not deviate from the paths of life, God, the ancient paths that you have laid before us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How many of y'all remember? Psalm 24 and 7, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. If you, if you memorize one, you have memorize two scriptures. It's also Psalm 24 and 9. Who can quote it for me? Come on, guys. Y'all can do this. Who can quote it right now? What is it? Okay, lift up your head. Oh, we got it. Wait, Deborah, over here. Okay. Your heads. Uh huh. you ancient doors. ancient doors, the king of glory, uh-huh I know you're you're quoting Hebrew and English i will give you we'll give you a little bit of credit for it, <laughs> yeah. The King of glory may come in. So, so that Psalm 24, it starts out with it's, it's probably a scripture you know. I don't know what you know, but you should know it. Here it goes The earth is the and all it contains, the earth and the fullness thereof. Who owns the earth? The Lord. How much of the earth does he own? All of it. it. What contents of the earth does he own? So, is it safe to say that every person in here belongs to the Lord? Now, does that mean that everybody in here is going to serve the Lord? Should they? They should. And so then the from that scripture, based on the fullness of God, of of his ownership of everything. He owns the title. He owns everything. He owns every animal. He owns every element on the periodic table. He owns all the water and the air. He owns it all. That's why one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he owns it all he is Lord everyone ones who have not put their confidence in him while they had a chance to do so on this earth and those who did every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and so as we look at that The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. He owns the fullness thereof. And then the psalmist goes on to say, lift up your heads. That's Rosh. Right? Am I right on that? Rosh. Rosh. I looked it up this morning. It's Rosh. Lift up your heads. It's where Rosh Hashanah comes from. It's the head of the year, right? Right? So it would be the head of the gate. But we know as we're reading biblical language, we're reading the words on the page to the culture that it was set to, to that culture primarily, and that's where, the, that's where the meaning of the Scripture comes from. But it also is written to us here today, right? And so as we look at that through the lens of Calvary and through the lens of the finished work of Christ... When we hear the admonition to lift up your heads, oh ye gates. What gates are we talking about? Do gates lift up heads? We're getting close, yes. Okay, are we talking about Washington, D.C.? Are we talking about, wait a second, no, let's just don't, don't jump too fast because I'm going to trick y'all. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be snaring you and pulling you down. So, are, what? What? So, okay. Yeah. Mhm. 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 Right. It has a symbolic meaning when we call someone the head. Am I calling them the object, the orb that sits on someone's shoulders? What am I calling them? I'm calling them a leader. So we understand figuratively what head means. And so we're looking at this and we're saying, lift up your heads, O you gates. Now we know from Deuteronomy, we've read the scripture, I won't take time to turn there. It said that at the gate of the city... That is where decisions were made. That's where government took place, at the gate of the city. If you wanted something done, you went to the gate of the city, and then business was transacted, and it was brought about for you. When the psalmist is declaring, lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors. I wish, I wish I could figure out how if i could just find the garage door opener here if i could just find the handle if i could just find the doorknob if i could just find this stinking gate if i could just find it what could i do but what would ultimately be the result of that according to the scripture Quote it in your head. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. If I could find this door, if I could find this gate, if I could figure out who's the gate... I just wish I could figure it out. If I could, I could do something here today. Oh, we're getting, he stands at who? Who's door? Are you telling me you're a door? But are you a door? If you have a door, are you a door? Deborah. You look at that, though, you won't find it. But if we were to lift up our heads, oh you get, if we were to do that, uh-huh, lifting up. So what are we talking about? Essentially, you're saying it. We're just going to open something up, right? This is not complicated. We're wanting to open something up. That's the cry of the psalmist. It's such a cry that he puts it twice. If you would memorize this scripture, you would be double for your trouble. It's quoted, it's said it in exactly the same language in. Isaiah, Psalm 24 and 7, and then it quotes it again the exact same way in what? Psalm 24 and 9. So if you learn one, you've learned two. You're like, I know two scriptures today. If you could just memorize the one, you could memorize two, just like that. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come through, may come through. Where? is this door it's your life period it's who you are if you don't know you're a door you will never look for a knob if you don't know you're a door You will stand in the isolation of your existence. Asking the Lord to come to you and to bless you and to protect you and to preserve you and to supply you and to guide you and to give you this job and to give you that job and to lead you to the gas station that has the cheapest gas and to show you the sale at Walmart and to provide you so you can get those cute new pair of shoes that you want. And you will ask the Lord for the job and for teeth for your kids and for healing for your body. And those are all, you know, those are all great. Here's the Lord doling it out as we are sitting here like giant silos lift up your heads oh you gates lift them up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come through when god created the heavens and the earth it was without form and board and darkness was on the face of the deep and god spoke into the darkness he said let there be light and light was and he divided the light from the day and the dark from night and he called the first day day and and he wrote the sun and fast forward day six and god formed everything and then out of the dust of the ground but out of man he he formed man out of the dust as well but what he he formed him with his own hands and then what did he do something a little different than a dog. And man became a living soul. Now we have soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we have it living. We have the spirit of God, the breath of God. We are spirit. We are made in God's image. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him, do you? Who has a spirit in here? I'm wondering. We all have a spirit, it came from God. Man is a he he is made to fellowship with God and if God is a spirit it just stands the reason that you also How else would Jesus say that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in and in truth For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. He's looking for spiritual communion. He made Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth and He formed in him His own image, an image that could commune with Him. He gave Him something that no other members of the animal kingdom had. That was rationale made in His image. He had spirit. He had soul. He had body. With His body, He contacted the earth. With his soul, the man, the rationale, he he governed in thinking and feeling and choosing and made sense of his environment. And then with his spirit, he contacted God. There was this gate that had been opened on earth. It was called the gate of Adam. I just say... Adam, in that pronunciation, because when I say the gate of Adam, people just think of a proper name. It's mankind. The gate had been opened. And what was the purpose of the gate? Someone tell me. Please, someone tell me. What was the purpose of the gate? Just from Scripture. Just. But what was the purpose? God told him. He was very explicit. He said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do what? He gave him a job. Yeah, dominion. Dominion over the fullness of creation. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. And the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. And he wanted those who were like him to be dominion for him on the planet. Do y'all agree with that? So can you not see that in a way, a very real way, that man is what? He's a gate. He's a gate. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Know you not that you're not? What are you? How many are the house of God in here? Cool. What does Bethel mean? And what's an alternate thing that it means? It means house of God. It gives two meanings for Bethel in the scripture it is the house of God. It is the, wow, this is the, no? I'm just, what? what I heard it. Who said it? Who said it? It is the gate of heaven. Bethel, the house, so let put it down. Bethel is the house of God. Bethel is the gate of heaven. The house of God is the gate of heaven. Who's the house of God? Who's the gate of heaven? Lift up your heads, oh, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors. How ancient are these doorways? Ah, very ancient indeed, aren't they? If I could just get the church to understand who they are and what they are, the kingdom of God does not just want to come to you. It wants to come through you. Pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? Can you give me the little location for that? Can you draw a little bubble above that for me, please? You better be drawing it above your head, not mine. I got my own. But until, see, I can't be a gate for you. I won't be a gate for you. I won't answer for the kind of gate I am for you. He wants to move the kingdom of God through you, his resources through you, his power through you. Matthew 28, all authority on heaven and earth belongs to him. Him go therefore and make disciples of all nations so he's he's connecting his authority to your mission as if he wants to give you his authority and move that authority through you somehow to make disciples that is bizarre That sounds like he wants to fill us with power. And that power is not to make us feel good or to give us some sort of spiritual preeminence over someone, but it is to actually fill us to move out and colonize the kingdom in Greenville, Texas. Where else do some of you live? Just call it out. This is an answer you're going to know. Cash, Texas, colonize the kingdom there. You're a gate. Campbell, colonize the kingdom. You're a gate. You see what I'm saying? This is how it works. This is how it works. But if you got a bunch of gates who don't even know their gates, how are they ever going to open up? Lift up your heads, oh, you gates. 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 Lift them up, you ancient doors that the king of glory may come through give him the ownership of your life the governance of your life give him the say in your life give him the decree in your life give him the preeminence in your life give him now yesterday I shared a testimony in this for Randall I shared a testimony in prayer who is it prayer yesterday we had a lot. We had nearly 40 people in prayer yesterday. I mean, I'm telling you, God's moving. When people come to prayer just on their own, something's happening. And so yesterday, it was just a real move of God. And, and Dennis started talking about the ancient wells of revival. He talked about... He talked about Cane Ridge revival. He talked about Azusa Street. He mentioned the Welsh revivals. He mentioned the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, all the revivals of the past. How many of you want to see revival? Ah, oh, How many of you are willing to let revival come through your gate? He's got to have some openings here. And that be you. And so... He talked about that, and as we were talking about, the groundswell, the, the groundswell ground and the desire is something that's in the unseen. You know, it's like right now, it's like I can feel something in the unseen. You know what I'm talking about? Like I can almost reach and grab it, but I can't quite, I can't, if I could just reach my hands behind the veil, I think I could get a hold of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's just right there. And in my mind, that veil that separates, that separates that spirit realm where the power and the glory and the presence and the power of God resides. is just right there. And I feel the veil is thinning. You know what I'm talking about? That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about the veil in the temple. I'm talking about the veil that lays over our spiritual eyes to where we can't see the things of God that we're so closed in, in the natural, we can't even see the fact we're gates. There's a veil there of spiritual lethargy. Of like... You know what I'm talking about? Like a fog. Like, God, I know it's here. I know it's here. I know it's here. I can feel it. And, and then in Kilgore, we lived in Kilgore. for. It was our first pastorate. Bless us, Lord, and bless them. Okay. And while we were there, you, we visited the East Texas Oil Museum. And they tell the story of Kilgore, Texas. If anybody knows the story of Kilgore, Texas, back in the day, it's what's called the world's richest acre. The world's richest acre. Oil, yes, southern style, oil. That's right. If you, that's, I may not say oil again, so if I say oil, you know what it is. They're one and the same. <clears throat> so the, the world's richest acre was in Kilgore. And a man just had a knowing And you know, when you have only a knowing and no showing, it's hard to get the people in the room to feel what you feel and to know what you know. All you've got is something in your gut that says something is here. Something is just about here. And now this morning, that's what I have. A knowing in my gut that something is just about here. Not because I just want it to be. It's because it has to be. Hannah came over to my house on, I'll finish East Texas, don't worry. <clears throat> Hannah came over to my house on Friday. It was Violet's birthday, her third birthday. And so I made her a cake and we celebrated. And, and Hannah was sitting She said, I went to women's Bible study at my church on Wednesday. I said, yeah. She said, it's mostly older ladies. She said, so you know I love it. <laughs> Hannah's always been that way. She has her mother's spirit. When I was 15, I went to the senior adult Sunday school class. My granny said, don't you want to go with the teenagers? I said, no, I can't stand them. <laughs> I wanted to be with the old I trusted them. Old people are safe. Teenagers are not safe. <clears throat> and so I went, you know, and, and Hannah came over and she said, I was there, and she said, and one of the ladies, the elderly ladies, she said, Can we pray for my granddaughter. Her mother takes her to a church where a homosexual priest or minister has convinced her that it's okay, no it's him, has convinced him that it's okay to transition his gender. What kind of gay is he? So see, it's funny, y'all can easily see that. We have a harder time seeing gates of righteousness open. You know, see what I mean by that? Oh, God, that that would just be that the power that is in the kingdom of God is so much greater than the power of darkness. It's just so much greater than the power of darkness. Oh, God, bring us out of this spiritual lethargy. Mm-hmm. legally speaking if we want to talk about legalities which I don't think that we're always quite smart enough to do so when it talks about the kingdom I mean I think we stab at it in human terms you know and probably you know don't quite hit it all just right that we that the son of man who is what Jesus's favorite title was for himself by the way he has he, he died on a cross for the sins of the world all the handwritten ordinances were nailed against him. He suffered every punishment that the law had dished out, right? Y'all agree with that? Every punishment. That was the point of the law being so prolific and fin- final in its punishment. Is Jesus suffered every punishment under the law. And then he took all the sin. Where did he go with it? <clears throat> he took it to the grave. The cross nailed there. He took it to the grave, and he took me with him. And then he didn't just take me with him there as a member of humanity. He also rose, and when he rose, the Bible says I rose with him. I wasn't alive for many years, but in type I was there because I was a member of the edemic race. Any members of the edemic race here? Okay. Then you were in the tomb with him. And you raised with him. But he didn't just raise. The Father raised him. He raised where? And when he raised, what did he raise? The son, he's the son, always the Son of God. He raised human. I mean, he raised, he's the Son of man, is seated at the right hand of God, and he ever liveth to make intercession. So that all the, all the, The powers of the enemy, the Bible says in Colossians, I believe, he made a show of them openly, triumphing in it, in the cross, over them. He led captivity, what? Captive, and he gave gifts unto men, Ephesians says. But he ascended on high, and Ephesians also says he ascended, but who else ascended with him? Who else is seated with him? What does that mean for you in your daily lives? That you have all the power, and so he said that all that he has now, his church. We become his church. We are the we're the house of God, the gate of heaven. That the heaven and where's the kingdom of God? Somebody point to it, please. Right there. How often does it get out of you? Well, if I could find the freaking door, I'd open it. Some of you are offended. I said freaking. You ought to be. A, you, so much, I didn't finish my story about offense. David. So David now thinks he's a girl because his homosexual pastor. And so he's a teenager. And his school is providing him with what? You don't know these answers? You should. Hormones the school and you know what his mom can do absolutely nothing no so so then and the mom and the mom is like oh well you know it's what he feels he is in his heart and so here, and then this woman is in, and, this, and as she's sharing this testimony, Hannah's sitting here listening to this, and she's going, she's her mama's daughter. She's like, something's starting to boil. And then another woman said, there's 20 women in this Bible study. Another grandma says, my granddaughter is doing the same thing. Hannah said, out of 20 people, two she said that's 10 percent in the room are transitioning and hannah said we got to pray right now she said we're praying that david is going to be david for all of his days she's like what she started doing you know what happened to her she said she started she started rising up what started happening A gate started opening. A gate. And she came over at the house. She said, Mom, she said, when is it that the church is going to learn who they are and grow a backbone and start standing up and saying, this is not right? I said, I see my Andrea. She said, it's time for us to say enough is enough. She said, I'm going to put, she said, if I put my kids in school, she said, I'll stomp right in there and I'll tell them, you're not teaching that crap to my kids. That's not right. And if they want to sue me or throw me in jail, when somebody, are you willing to go to jail for what is right? Are you? You don't know about that? Somebody better find the garage door opener. The battery may be dead. Nothing's happening. Back to East Texas. The man who began to drill, he could feel there was something under the ground. There was a groundswell. See, the Lord sometimes brings the climate to such a place where the people who are going to get sick get sick. He don't have to have everybody get sick. He just needs somebody to get sick. You know what I'm talking about? He just needs somebody who will stand up and be unafraid and unashamed to stand against culture and so-called wokeness. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Your wokeness, if you look close, their eyes are matted shut. I mean, they've got scale. There's no wokeness there. There's blindness you're calling wokeness. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for the people in this room to stand up and say, No, I will not tolerate it because I feel a groundswell. I feel a disturbance. In the unseen realms. I feel of moving in the unseen where I believe that God is just about sick. He's long suffering. But I believe that there will be a church on planet earth. I hope it's an American church as well. I hope. I hope. And I know that, that there will be those who will stand in the power of the Holy Spirit and declare right is right and wrong is wrong. We're not shaming anybody. We're not defaming anybody. But we have to know what truth is. And I'm just going to plug the Word of God one more time. you got to know the book. And my, the way in my life that I have learned the book, I have learned the book, is I slept with it under my pillow at night. <laughs> Osmosis. The way I learned the book is I opened it up and I... Let the word of God go into my life on a daily basis. A daily basis. Until that word began. Did I understand it all? No. But as I began through years, years of study and meditation and praying, God, reveal your scripture to me, the word of God began to invade my life so much so that I am convinced that I am a gate. And what I know is you are a gate and there is a ground swell under our feet. And the man at Kilgore, he knew there was something that no one else believed in. And I'm telling you, I'll say again, when no one else, some people are just not going to believe until they see. But there are those who will look with the eyes of the Spirit and say, it's coming, I feel it. How do you know? I feel it. Where, how you, you're not supposed to live by feelings. Yeah, but I feel it. And I'll tell you, my feelings are faithful on this one. I feel it. And there is a groundswell. And this man began to drill. And he drilled and he drilled and he drilled. And he spent every penny he had drilling for what he believed was there. And do you know what all the group of encouragers were doing around him? Nothing. Look at him going bankrupt, look at him going broke. Look at him, look at him, look at him spending all this money. He believes there's something under that ground. We can't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. All I see is all I see is homosexuality. All I see is L B G P Q T Q, whatever. All I see is that and this. All I see is war and rumors of war. All I see is is gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's all I see. That's all I see. That's all I see. All I see is COVID. All I see is this. All I see is that. And he just kept drilling and he just kept drilling and he just kept drilling and he just kept drilling, saying, I see something else. I see something else. I see something else. And he just kept drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling until finally he stopped. Did he stop because he struck oil? He stopped. Because he got discouraged. Because he didn't see what he thought he could see. He stopped. He stopped in poverty. He stopped in discouragement. And I wonder how many of us in the room today have stopped. You stopped believing. You stopped expecting. You stopped going for it. You've drawn back and said, you know what? I used to be more on fire and had more passion and zeal for the things of God. I used to. But, you know, I'm just going to take a step back. It just was so much energy and time and labor. And it didn't go exactly like I was expecting when I expected it. And so the shrinking just began. And now, oh, you're not out of church, clearly. But you're not in the fray, you're not moving. To the fire of passion, and expectation, and urgency, just backing away. Yeah, I know I'm a gate and a door. I'm just going to let the younger generation take it from here. That's not going well, y'all. I'm just going to let the, I'm not saying across the board, there will be. A young generation rise up I'm just gonna let somebody else take it for a while and I'm just gonna slip over here into my comfy shoes my sloppy pants pick up the remote and just be lulled to sleep by culture So the man quit drilling. A company that we now know as Exxon came in, and they offered him little to nothing for the drilling rights. What's it to me? I serve my time. I believe there's no one who discouragement set in. Just take it. Stick, next, set back, fold your arms. The only thing left when you hit that position, critique. Critique. Become the professional critiquer, the critic. I like this. I don't like that. So Exxon comes in. They weren't Exxon at the time. They began to drill. They, they drilled right beside his hole. Diamond tip, plowing through. The drill bit. Going, 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 going. They knew there wasn't oil here. They hadn't even reached his depth yet. Going, going. They hit the point that He stopped. Now they're in uncharted territory. Seventeen feet. Seventeen. Yet so far away. And when they hit that broke through what we know is the shell, right? Yeah. What are we, Barnett Shale here? Any of you oilfielders here? Am I the only oilfield person here? Yeah, Barnett Shale. This is what we call this production here is the Barnett Shale. When they broke through that shale layer, hit that with that diamond tip blade, tore those rocks, and began to break through, the seal was broken. And then... All the workers began to feel. There's a when you go to the East Texas Oil Museum, you feel the whole place starts shaking, and it's you're like. Whoa. They kn- now, what they were exploring for, couldn't be stopped. It began all that pressure of that crude oil that was stored up under that shale formation began to erupt and it exploded out the hole and it rained down all over the city black crude oil just exploded now they're trying to get a tamp on it trying to stop this thing and that became that started in Kilgore, Texas—what is known in history as the world's richest acre. There were derricks, one acre, one acre of derricks that were lined up like this: derrick, 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 derrick. I mean, they were drilling right side by side. If you go to Kilgore, they may have moved them by now. The post office, pumpjack. Our church—we pastored in the parking lot, pumpjack. There are pumpjacks everywhere everywhere pumping all the time now i wonder i wonder how many of you in this room today you've already given up and checked out you're here you're here okay you're here you're here but are you here you know i'm talking about there's a difference in being here and being here i'm here I believe if God could just get some people who would stand up and say, not here, if you can't find anybody else, love to hear that. Well, if you just can't find anybody else, then I'll kind of sort of try when I Can put me down as a substitute. You know what I'm talking about? I long for a day where there has become an eruption in the gates, an eruption in the hearts and lives. See, this is not coming over here or over there or over there or over there or over here point. I told you last week, the locus of the focus of heaven is right here, right here. He's looking for someone that he can move his power and authority and purpose through. He's looking for someone who will lay their life down to the point that they say, Lord, here I am. Send me God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. God, you can send me wherever you want to send me. Some of you wouldn't pray that prayer for love nor money for fear He would. Oh, God, send me. Send me to Africa send me to Asia, send me to Mexico, send me to India, send me to Greenville, Texas. Aren't you glad that we said that? Some of you are like, I don't know, not so much today. Send me. Oh God, send me wherever you want to send me and manifest yourself in me. Move your kingdom through me. God, tap the well of your spirit within me and break up all this of shale, of hail and all this drudgery and all this minutia and all this fluff and stuff and excuses tear through it with a move of your glory that will shake the ground do you know I'm just going to tell you all this Do you know how hard it is to be the one of the only maniacs in the room? You know what I'm talking about? Where you're up and you're like, you feel like you're beside yourself. And you just want somebody Even if it's pretending. Just to be as excited as you are. Oh, Andrew, we're not supposed to pretend. You do it for your kids all the time. Oh, that's beautiful. It is not. It's the dumbest little ugly flower you've ever seen. Right? I'm just coming to you as a child. For my little small brain's sake, for my little insignificant call, for my little nothing, for God's sake, I'm begging you, humor me. Just humor me. You're like, why does this tear you up so much, Andrea? Because I've got four granddaughters going to school. It's not just for me. Because you know what? Honestly, I think I can handle them. And I don't say that in pride. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, if all I had to be concerned for were Olivia, Eleanor, Violet, and Juniper, I can handle them. Barely, but I can handle them. You know what I mean? I am the type of mama who will fight you tooth and toenail if you come against my kids. I want to see a bunch of gates who will fight. I want you to have the passion for his kids that he has for his kids. And I want you to have the passion for her that you have for your kids. And I want you to have the passion for her kids that you have for your kids. Is that too much to ask? And that's what it means to be a gate. That's what it means where we step aside and we say, God, use me here, there, and everywhere. Get off the injured reserve. Get off the sideline. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. No, opposite. Just switch that all the way around. The day is far spent. The night is at hand. It is time to work. It is time to move. It is time, if you've ever had a passion in your heart, to fire that oven again. It's not time to retire. It's not time to back up. Today is the day of visitation. Oh, God help us. Lift up your heads, oh you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come through. Amen. You know what I said today before I taught? I always tell myself this, I'm going to stay really calm and real smooth. Because you know, every time I teach and I approve,